listening to A to the K. 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 Wrestle Talk Podcast. Check it out. Change your life. You'll be thanking me later. So we'll lead on, if we could, Carl, to our extended edition of This Week in Wrestling, because as you all know, we are covering the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. But before we get to the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, let's talk about Raw, Carl. Not let's Raw, talk Carl, about the, Raw. The, sh- the show. <laughs> Raw, Carl. <laughs> on our Patreon page. <laughs> Raw... um, yeah, so the new season of Raw premiered um, this week, and also premiered with new theme music, which fucking sucked. Um, so Let me guess. It was done by, was it Def Rebel they were called? I can't remember now. I have no idea, but <laughs> I, I mean, I know I'm not cool, Anthony. I'm not hip. I'm not cool. I live in an age where rock and roll is, is still good, and I love, I love, love me some rock and roll, and I, I associate rock and roll with the WWE, and to hear a kind of a rap song as the intro to Raw threw me off a bit, I'm not going to lie. I think, in all fairness, that, that is probably the most, uh, what's the word? like, you, you don't expect it, like, because to be fair, we've had it work in the past, like, do you remember Smackdown did that one? Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was called now. I don't even think it was ever credited, so I didn't ever know what the song was called. But do you remember they did that that rap song? Uh, you know, it's my right, it's my time, it's my... Li-. You know that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they have done it before, and I actually quite like that SmackDown one. That was, what, probably 2003, 2002, um, mm. for anyone who didn't get it from my stellar rendition of the song. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know if there's something... For me, I, if, if Raw isn't doing uh, the Union Underground song, then I don't fucking want it anyway. <laughs> That's very true. They've never had a successful one like after that. It's no better than that. Like they moved over. I think the one after that was Papa Roach, and you're like, I don't mind Papa Roach, but like, nah, that didn't work. It's not as good. Doesn't doesn't hit as well. No. Was it was it just Wanna Be Loved or something? Is that what the song was? Um, I think it was. Yeah. I yeah. just wanna be wanna be loved. It's like, <laughs> That's what this turned into. Oh. Carl and Anthony sing songs. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean. You know, song itself aside, that if if that's what you're going in with, I just want to be loved. It's for a wrestling show. <laughs> Please, um, <laughs> no, it's it's interesting, really, that you mentioned it. And sorry, because we're we're going off on a tangent before we even talking about Raw. But um, like a lot of bands from like my teenage years, I discovered because of wrestling, like the likes mm-hmm. of Puddle of Mud, Saliva, um, even sort of Kid Rock. So for, like, yeah. I know he was big before that, but that that was how I got to him. Theory of a Dead Man. Drown and Pool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's just loads that you like. They had a, an awesome track on a pay per view or, a, you know, wrestler's theme or whatever. You know, uh, Miles, I mean, Miles Kennedy, who, do, who was part of Alterbridge, who did um, Edge's theme, went on to, to sing with the, or sing, do the vocals for Slash's album. So it's mm. like, you know, he went on to big stuff as well. And they were all awesome songs that, that you discovered with WWE. And I don't feel like we get that now. No, definitely not. Even like Limp Bizkit and stuff, like the amount of songs he did. For... Yeah, well, he even insisted on being in one of the games, didn't he? Well, exactly. So, <laughs> mad times, mad Indeed. times. Indeed. But anyway, so, on this week's Raw. Yeah, um... so you're talking about Raw. <laughs> <laughs> so, the card rundown. We had Retribution taking on the hair business, with the hair business picking up the win, because Retribution are a fucking yeah. joke. Because uh, um... I think the new motto in WWE is, fuck Retribution, which makes sense, given that they don't like WWE. Maybe that was a mm. bad uh, bad time to sign a contract with them. 
yeah, maybe. Maybe they should just look to being vandals and rebels and whatnot instead of getting in line and being corporate exactly. shrill. And we um, know, guys, kayfabe, we know. <laughs> um, so Hurt Business beat them. Um, we had AJ Styles taking on Matt Riddle with AJ Styles picking up the win. Uh, also with new bodyguard in tow, which we'll come on to. I just um, want to say, called that one last week. You did call that one. I will give you them credits. Uh, we had the women's title on the line, the much-anticipated match, Asuka taking on Lana. Just couldn't wait for Who it. Think two, that one? two titans going head-to-head. I just could not wait for this match. <laughs> uh, obviously, Asuka won that one. <laughs> um, we had a fatal four-way women's tag team title match. That, that rolls easily off the tongue. And we did, had we, team... did we manage to find four tag teams? Apparently we did, but... Um, <laughs> You know, you tell me. So we had Naya and Shayna, who were the tag champs, who okay. arguably yeah. aren't really a tag team anyway. I would argue that, yes. The Riot Squad, who kind of are back to being a tag team, but still. Yeah. We had okay. Mandy, Rose, and Dana Brooke, who have just been like, well, they're both blonde and have yeah, a lot of plastic I mean, in the face. Let's put Mandy, formerly of Fire and Desire, is now tag teamed up with someone else randomly. Okay. Exactly, exactly. Um, I think I think I saw this on Twitter. Someone came up with um, Guns and Roses. Which I thought was was really nice. good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, or, or, or Guns and Rose, something like that. Um, which I thought was good. And also that that well known tag team of Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce. Oh, because... so you mean uh, Peyton Royce, formerly of the Iconics tag team, yeah. that was someone formerly random. of a tag team now yeah. in tag team action with not her tag yeah. team partner. So it's yeah. almost as if like the the months they've spent splitting up, the only few women's tag teams they've had hadn't worked out for them. Yeah, you'd think that, right? But mm-hmm. obviously not. Um, but yeah, Although, so the I will. Uh, sorry, I know you're trying to read the card, but I did enjoy Lacey Shut in this match. She was good oh, yeah. in this match. She tickled me. We always enjoy Lacey. Lacey again is another friend of the show. Friend of the show. Love Lace. Um, <laughs> that sounded wrong. Come on, that t-shirt. <laughs> we we love Lace. <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, um. Anyway, so yeah, obviously the tag champions retained. Um. Then we had a live concert from Elias. And I just want to talk about Elias for 20 minutes if I could. Oh, yeah. Okay, shut up. <laughs> uh, we can't even blame like any, any ale or anything on this either. We're just, uh, just chatting shit, aren't we? That's what we do. Okay, fine. Maybe. Well, I see your Jack Daniels and raise you a mug of tea. Um, Spider-Mug, Brit- uh, Yeah, Spider-Man. Spider-Mug. Amazing, nice. sp- amazing Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Quality. You can buy this on our... Uh, we, we, will, we probably we should do that for actually. Yeah, yeah, we will do that. Yeah. Sorry, you were talking about the card, Carl, the card. Oh, yeah, so the card. Uh, Elias did a, a live concert. Of course. Um, <laughs> a singing, singing on a, on a wrestling show. What the fuck is this? Exactly. As if who, like, wrestling's dead. I mean, I'm, next they'll be singing and dancing, you know? I know. Just, ridiculous. Um, we also had Kofi Kingston against Sheamus with Xavier Woods in his corner. So I'm like... Didn't Xavier Woods just return to action? So he must be cleared now, right? And then he's yep. back to being like a, a manager guy again. Okay. He's the only one who can play the trombone though, so. Well, there is that. Um, but yeah, Kofi Kingston picked up the win over Sheamus. We had Miz and Morrison taking on Tucky Tucky and El Gran Gordo, Anthony. Yes, the, yeah. the luchador who may tear our friendship apart. I'm sure it will. Um <laughs> Because I fucking hate this. But anyway, um, then we had Braun Strowman taking on Keith Lee. Yes, yes, we did. And Braun Strowman picked up the win. But did he legitimately pick up the win? Um, I think he did, didn't he? Uh, he low blow Keith. Oh, well, it might have been legitimate. Oh, yeah, and yeah. he low blowed oh, yeah. him and then low blow back. Uh, they made it so that neither of them look weak or both look weak. I don't know. 
Yeah. Neither neither look better than the other. They both come out horrible. So that's good. Yeah. I think. I don't <laughs> it know. was it was a legitimate win in the sense of it was pinned <laughs> one, two, three. But yes, shenanigans did occur. Shenanigans. Um and the show closed out with a promo from Randy Orton inside. Any of them in a while. The Hell in a Cell. Um which may or may not have been interrupted by Drew McIntyre in a really weird fashion. But anyway, okay. that was the card. So, hit highlights, highlights for me. Go on, hit you with my highlights. Uh, I've got this lovely silver mm. silver in there. Um, nice. So, the first highlight, feel free to jump in and discredit any of these as, as we like to do. But I enjoyed the opening of the show. So, the show kicked off with The Fiend and Alexa Bliss. Um, who I just think look really good together, actually. Um, I think. Do you know there's something I find really like uh, Alexa is really good at playing characters. I've decided because she was always a really good heel, and she was a very entertaining face. Although I prefer her as a heel, right? She and does then, have an entertaining face. Um, but, um, but now she's like she's not gone back to being a heel, but she's almost like this. I don't know how to explain it. Like a very creepy doll-like character, the way she holds herself mm. and everything. Like she's become like a totally different character. And I think credit to her for throwing her, all her effort into this. I suppose. Yeah, definitely. She's she's got some fantastic um, character work and facial expressions and everything. Like mm. she's been quality at this for a while. And you know, I think initially we were like, oh, why why are they doing this? Like you know, don't don't use Alexa Bliss for this. Use someone else. I'll but... be honest. I'm still not sure why they're doing it, but it, it you know it's working. So fuck it. Well, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, I thought I, I thought they looked really good, but before um, anything could really happen, Retribution come out, and I was like, no, because I think you you teased this again last week of potentially this being the way that they go, um, and then mm. yeah, Retribution come out, um, and they kind of about to gang up on them. They stay completely still, um, fiend and bliss, and then the lights go out, and when they come back on, they fucked off, and the hair business come out for a scheduled match. Um, so true. yeah, <laughs> the hair business do manage to pick up the win. You know, I don't. I think we said ahead of that, like at the the top of the show, like what's really happened to Retribution? Uh, you know, it's gone from this menacing force of like, oh my god, everyone leaving the fucking commentary table every time they show up to just yeah, and Retribution got their ass kicked by the Herbers now. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, and then after was, the fact, it was it a tag team? It was a flapjack and rim job or something. Can't remember which <laughs> two did it, but wasn't all of them. I know they were, I know they were all there, but it was it was tag team action, wasn't it? Um, I think it was three on three. I was three on three. I think it might have been anything two of them just sat out for whatever reason. Um, as you do. As you do. Uh, but then after the match, the Fiend showed up again and he got his come up and so he took out all of Retribution, battered them. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so he went, he went full John Cena on them. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. That's not going to um, damage that faction at all. I don't think. Well, exactly. Um, he's used to that though. He was previously in the Nexus and got uh, absolutely <laughs> destroyed by John Cena. So fine. Um, Ironically, he got a bit of Retribution. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> uh, and then later in the night, we got an episode of the Firefly Funhouse. Um, apparently, Bray is turning over a new leaf. Um, it's a new start, but, you know, is it really? Um, but, yeah, Alexa shows up, and apparently this is the start of some new fun. So, okay. whatever that means. But, in fairness, strong from them. Um, good to have them on Raw, I would say. Because um, I get to, you know, I get to watch that a bit more thoroughly uh, since it's my duty to well, watch it for this show. A bit more thoroughly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was fun. Yeah, that. I feel like I've been. I was. I always enjoyed the fiend, and he was probably the highlight of SmackDown for me for a while. And I feel like I've been robbed of that now. I feel like I've been robbed of anything good that was on SmackDown. But we'll talk about that, Carl. So. Uh, let's just say Raw has been less shit, shall we say? Um, we also got uh, AJ Styles taking on Matt Riddle, which was a good match, and 
I mentioned, as you called last week, AJ does have a new bodyguard now, the humongous Jordan Omogbehin. Is that how you say it? Omogbehin. Or, for those who, who don't recognise the name, formerly Tazawa's Giant Ninja, or Shane McMahon's formerly. Doorman. <laughs> Shane McMahon's Doorman, yeah. Either so, one. <laughs> he gets around a bit, doesn't he, really? You know? yeah, I know it's the only thing he doesn't do, is wrestle. Yeah, which is which is interesting for him being <laughs> in a wrestling business. But yeah, I mean, this guy's fucking humongous, and he's, he's oh yeah. I bl- what was the picture I saw? Like he was stood with someone who was notably really tall. Uh, I can't remember mm. which wrestler it was now, and he made him look short. I'm like, shit, he is pretty big guy. I don't I mean, know if he might have been stood next to Strowman or something like that, but he, he, yeah, he towers over even, even your taller people. It's ridiculous. I think it's a great piece of work to put him with AJ Styles, though, because AJ is only like about 5'10 or something, isn't he? So yeah. he's just stood there like this. So uh, many memes, so many yeah. memes. <laughs> so, yeah, it just makes him look like even more of a monster. But, yeah, I, I mean, does AJ Styles need a bodyguard? No. Um, but it's something a bit different, isn't it? Let's see what thing is, he, see what he's, happens. At the minute, he's playing that character who's smarmy enough to have one. You know what I mean? Like... Mm. It's not that he needs one and he can fight when he has to, but he's not going to like sort of put himself in that position, sort of thing. Like he's exactly that type of character, so I like it. Works for me. What I didn't like was having uh, Styles and Riddle in a match. No offense to them, and it was a good match, but I I don't get the point in having this whole you know draft and, and shaking everything up and moving superstars everywhere, and then having two people that were on SmackDown have a match on Raw. Well, yeah, maybe eventually, but while we're trying to establish this is the new Raw, why are you making SmackDown matches then? Mix yeah. it up. We've seen like we've these see... two fight before on SmackDown. We've seen this quite a bit on both Raw and SmackDown, haven't we, since the draft? Oh, yeah, um... I've got one tomorrow about on SmackDown this week as well. Yeah, so it's a bit, bit weird. But, yeah, it was good the fact that he kind of caused a bit of a distraction, the bodyguard guy, enough to help AJ pick up the win. Um, but it wasn't mm. like, uh, you know, getting super involved or anything. It was just his mere presence was, was what kind of cost riddle. So, yeah, I thought that was it was good, interesting, and I'm keen to see where it goes. Um I actually really enjoyed the ending, if I'm honest. Um, like the little kind of trip trip down memory lane from Orton. You know, he's been in shitloads of Hell in a Cell matches and Drew's never been in a Hell in a Cell match. Mm. So it actually did make sense, which is not something that happens in WWE a lot. Um, yeah. Because if you think about it, it's like, are oh, these guys facing each other again? But it's like, well, actually, Orton has done pretty well in uh, Hell in a Cell matches. Drew's never had one, so Orton does have the advantage this time. Um, but then... Towards the end, uh, Drew comes down and like Orton's like chained himself in, so Drew can't get get to him. But then he just gets some fucking chain cutters, cuts off the chain. Uh, Orton shits one, grabs a chair, and that's how we close out the show. Right. So we don't see any action. He just closes the door behind him, and it's like okay. Um, so that was a little bit on the fence about the ending, but the promo itself, I feel justified as a as a highlight. To be honest, I think, um, and this might be a personal opinion, given what you're saying, um, I'm nothing against the promo. It wasn't in itself bad, but I feel like at the minute, because they've got so much time and so few stars, we're just seeing promo, 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 or some sort of scuffle or something. And it's like, I know they're having a match. This is the third time they're having a match now. I don't need constant back and forth between the two of them before that match happens. Um, no. I feel like I'm a bit overdone on them sort of talking about each other and how they're going to beat each other and so on. Um, so it's not so much about the quality of the promo itself. It's just the, the fact we fucking had one. Yeah. No, I'll take that. That's fair. Um, now to the O'Shites. So Lana Asker was pretty much as anyone would have expected. I have, to be fair. I've never felt sorry for Lana before, but I fucking did in this. <laughs> Um, just looked like they were going to give it a push, didn't they? Fucking looked it for a second. Mm, yeah. Uh, 
it's one of the, like I don't think anyone thought this was going to be a clinic, you know. But it was like, okay, Lana, you know, that's something a bit different, isn't it? And you know, Asuka's fantastic. She can have a really good match with anybody. Um, the match itself was just meh. Do you know what I mean? Like you could see Lana's been putting a bit of work in, but she's still not great. Um, and then it was just more the fact that after the match, fucking Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler come out again and put Lana through a table again. Apparently, this is like the fifth time now. Yeah, it's like. What? What is? I don't get how that's a thing. Like, what is the point in it? It's, it's stupid. It is. Um, it's getting ridiculous now. Like, I don't know what this achieves at all. It doesn't help yeah. them, and it doesn't help Lana. So, what is the point? Other than you can say she's been put through a table five times now. Oh yeah. But like she's gonna that? hold some sort of WWE record, maybe. <laughs> Fuck knows. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Um. But yeah. Uh. We then get a fatal four-way uh, women's tag match, which again. Speaking about what's the point in things, what the fuck, what was the point in this? Yeah, and I'm even more fuming about the fact that Lacey took the loss. Like, what? I know, right? <laughs> like, I just like, right? We get it. You know, these these two fucking plebs are, are completely unstoppable. You know, Nia Jax is a, is a monster. Shayna Baszler is a fucking animal. We get it. You know, uh, I'm not saying cool. like I'm not saying sacrifice Mandy Rose or Dana Brooke, but Lacey's had more momentum than the pair of them. So why didn't one of them eat the pin? It would have had the same result. I mean, if I'm perfectly honest, I'd, I'd say sacrifice Dana Brooke, personally. Yeah. And that's not me, me being a dick to Dana, it's just... No, like, it's just when you look at who's had a, a run, like Mandy Rose has been involved in some stuff lately, Lacey's been quite prominent, Dana Brooke hasn't. So you go, well, who's it going to damage the least? Dana, because yeah. she's not done any, she hasn't got any momentum yet anyway. I feel like they were trying to kind of angle maybe towards some sort of Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans feud as well, because... They were both trying to kind of outshine each other in the entrance. Yeah, um, yeah I think Lacey executed that really well. That's what tickled me with it. Yeah. But uh, it, just, you know. it works so well to Lacey's character. I don't think Peyton's really got the, the character for that, but mm. it just it works so well for who Lacey is. So um, that, that tickled me. That. But yeah, they yeah, probably yeah. are trying to head to that feud. Yeah, which I, again, I don't know how I feel about that either. But yeah, I was just fuming the fact that Lacey... I can tell you how Vince feels about it. Mm. <laughs> um, so the next, oh shite, um, was the Elias concert. Like, in fairness, that dude can play guitar. I never he knew he was like, like, I know he was like, you know, the drifter gimmick and he'd play a couple of chords and stuff, but you didn't fucking, you can play this Yeah, you dude. don't realise, um, they're, they're giving him more time to play. And it's like, actually, yeah, you're, you're pretty good. And I'm wondering, like, is he actually releasing an album as well? Like, because they were plugging that quite heavily. So is that a real thing or what? I, I, I hope so. I'd listen to it. He's basically plugging this album anyway. He plays a really kick-ass song, and then a rogue guitarist is there, um, and he's like, he, he does this big solo, and Elias is like, well, who, who, who the fuck are you? You know, this is my concert. And it's Jeff, obviously. Um, you know, who cares? Because, like, this, this whole feud, I've said before, it's fucking stupid, and it makes Elias look stupid, because we know Jeff didn't hit him with the fucking car. Like, so why is he carrying it on? <laughs> it's just, yeah, the whole thing is pointless. It's so the, stupid. The whole damn thing is pointless. Like, they're getting to a point, like, they're literally slugging it out, like, Jeff's hitting with a guitar and everything else. Rather than them just having a conversation about this, when it's quite clearly, like, Corbin or whoever it was at the time. Was it Seamus? Mm. One of Seamus. them. Seamus. Yeah. They're very interchangeable at the minute, Seamus and Corbin. No offense, guys, but you're just the villain, you know. Um, exactly. But yeah, like it just seems so stupid that this is the basis of a feud. It's just lack of communication. Okay, mm. <laughs> fuck it. Why not? Yeah. So yeah, it was a lot of shit to be fair. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm actually trying to turn over a new leaf myself here, Carl. So I'm not going to say a word about Jeff. I'm, say, I'm not going to do it. I mean it. I'm not. I'm not doing. It. I'm not saying nothing about Jeff. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> we're a good guy this time. Wow. I don't okay. hate him. You changed. You changed. <laughs> He's on Raw now. He's your problem. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, 
So then we got Kofi versus Sheamus again. Just I felt like this whole show was pointless. Like what? What was the point in this? It was based on nothing. You know, Xavier Woods was back. You know, last week, I and they're a tag yeah. team together. Except he's now on the sidelines and just kind of managing him or whatever. But, so. but the champs, so it's fine. Exactly, and it's like they are tag champs. So why why would you put Kofi now in a singles match? Although you get like you can have a fatal four way women's tag match and then the tag champs can't even have a, like a normal <laughs> tag match on the exactly camp. and they're there scrambling to put the women together for yeah. this tag match you know what I mean? and okay who the fuck's booking this shit who and i'm not is? saying discredit the women i'm just saying you managed to get a fatal four-way out of that and you couldn't even get a single tag match here yeah who the fuck knows um then we find out anthony that ali was in fact the hacker <gasps> so i feel like you know i've got got a bit of retribution here um, <laughs> because you know, I'm pretty sure that I, I called this a while ago. Um, you did, I think, so, many moons ago when we were speculating on like because they were putting up random like locations on Twitter or something, weren't they? Mm. Uh, and I think you were calling it as Ali then, yeah, you know. So I'm just glad that they finally admitted it anyway. Um, I mean, it yeah. was pretty <laughs> shit when it I was the hacker, <laughs> I was heavily involved in the Otis and Mandy stuff, yeah, but nothing else. I don't think they could have done much more to make him seem like any more of a massive fucking dweeb. He was like, yeah, I can get around your, you know, your antivirus software and yeah, we're retribution and I can hack things with my computer. And it was like, you, you know what helps, yeah. Ali? You know what really helps? And I'm not trying to be like, because I'm not technical enough to, to talk about this. But you know what really helps getting around these things? Being inside the fucking company. Mm, you didn't yeah. hack shit. You were in the building. And saw exactly. some security footage. Anyway, sorry. Kayfabe. Kayfabe. But, but, you know, he said, Anthony, you know, if, if you've got a computer, you've got a phone, he can hack it. So, all right. Nice one. Go and do that for a job then. Um, all right. Yeah, That's I don't incredibly know. I just... skilled, actually. You probably make more money doing that. <laughs> I know. Uh, go and work for the fucking, you know, fucking defense. Vince will probably find that very useful. Maybe you should go see Vince. That's a very good point. <laughs> Um, maybe then you'll get over it. Whoa. Um, but yeah, no, I just I don't know. I feel like at this point they're just doing damage control, aren't they? On retribution, it started off as something to be honest. I like, I like the fact they tried to include it rather than just abandon the whole thing. And I think that mm. might have been more of a push from Ali, to be honest. And I respect that if I'm right in what I'm saying. I don't think this like creative would have been like, yeah, let's let's include that. I think that was probably Ali knew that that was going to be his gimmick and now he's on retribution and trying to combine it all. And I appreciate the effort. I just don't think it was executed very well, especially for, for what the hacker did during his tenure. Yeah, agreed. Also, Titus O'Neil wants to join the hair business. And do you know what happens? He beat him up. That's the segment. Well, naturally. Um, naturally. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So, right. <laughs> and now, there's, there's been more developments on this since, this, since, uh, okay, cool. since this, but, right? Firstly, fuck off, right? Because why Why would you draft, you'd break up Heavy Machinery and draft Tucker to Raw and keep Otis on SmackDown. That's meant to be the big shock factor. Mm-hmm. Only to, on Tucker's first appearance on Raw, have him in need of a tag team partner and he scours the globe to find... A big fat luchador who's actually Otis in a pink mask. I believe it's El Gran Gordo. Oh, is that it? Um, yeah. Even that, El, like, oh, El, he's fat and he so we'll go El Grand, El Grand Gordo. Like, really, mm-hmm. really? Like, I um, stupid. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it out here right now, right? I, I thought this was really good. It tickled me because it was How? so obviously Otis. That's why it tickled me. 
That's so stupid. Even like he did Spanish and then just always ended with Tucky and it's like so obviously Otis <laughs> to the point that Miz even pointed out it was Otis and it's just one of them really annoying things and they've done it before. They've done it a million times before. They've done it with them. Um, this is basically rehashing the Mr. America thing that Hulk Hogan did where we all know who it is, but, but they can't prove it. They're not going anywhere with the car. We already know they're not going anywhere with it, but it tickled me <laughs> no, down. No, I know, but like... <laughs> The Mr. America thing made sense because Hulk Hogan was fired and that was how he could take... Like, Otis is just draft... Like, people rock up from different shows every fucking week. Why no, is he, he got to be a big a special guest or whatever. What, exactly. Like, what was... what <laughs> didn't get it. Like, he still came out with his little lunchbox and everything. It was, like, so fucking stupid. I just... Yeah. yeah. But even that, though, that, that tickled me because he come out still... He's stupid enough to come out holding the lunchbox to the point that even Miz and Morrison pointed it out. Well, exactly. He's like, well, he's just very caring. To be honest, this was the reason I like this as well is because you don't actually see Tucker get much time. It's all very Otisy, and Tucker mm-hmm. amused me a couple of times in this. Like um, John Morrison uh, said to him, "Like oh, you, you've um, you've only been in need of it. Oh, you've only been looking for a tag party for thirty minutes. How have you scoured the globe?" And Tucker's response was just through the internet, John. And even that got me because I'm like, <laughs> that, that was actually quite funny, especially with John Morrison's reaction of just being like. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just, I don't know. There was a few bits that really tickled me in this segment. And I don't, I never say that about Otis. I never do. But it's because Tucker abused me. Yeah, I just, no. I just, I hate it all. Um, but I mean, I, I'm not a fan of Otis either. So it just, maybe, maybe that was a contributing factor. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, the Miz, I thought everything he said was, was just fucking, was so true with his promo. Where, you know, <laughs> it was just, yeah, I just, I don't get it. We both agreed it was character. fucking funny. Cool. No, no. And like, <laughs> the, the the annoying thing was as well, is like, it's been done that much. Like, so overdone this. Even the Miz has yeah, done this. He, he was the Calgary kid at one point. He and was. it was just like, fuck me. Like, get some new original <laughs> shit, honestly. I believe we've had CM Punk do it as well, didn't we, at one point? We've had everyone do it. There's people fucking as um, Lost Conquistadors again at one point. You know what I mean? Everybody mm. does it. Um, yeah, I just... There was just no need for it, I think, is what what bothered me. This segment didn't bother me. The fact that they tried to reignite the whole him and Mandy thing at some point in the show as well did bother me. Yeah. Well, like, they moved Mandy to Raw, I imagine, to get her out of that in a a way that didn't kind of fuck anything up or have to turn anyone or do anything like that. And then after the segment, she shows up and gives him a ham. Yeah. And it's like... It's like, why? Like, that that bit annoyed me because it's like, you've pulled that apart now anyway. Like, presumably, he's not going to be on Raw regularly. Mm. Although, we could see El Gran, uh, Gran Gordo in a in a feud, uh, potentially, but we'll talk about that on Hell in a Cell. Yeah, interesting. Stay mm. tuned. Um, and the final O'Shea, Anthony, was just uh, Keith Lee and Braun Strowman. I just thought, I don't know, they've had, they've had better scuffles. Um, and again, like, you know, it wasn't a clean finish, was it? Like, I know it wasn't a DQ or anything like that, and someone actually got pinned, but it was like, okay, the low blow, um, you know, Braun kicks and whatever to get the win. And then I got fucking Nakamura vibes where then afterwards he was hitting him in the nuts and it was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. But yeah, that was raw. That was raw. Um, so there was some interesting stuff, but all in all, yeah, it just felt mostly pointless. Um, so for me, I'm going to give it a two. Mostly pointless. Mostly it. pointless. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to give it a two as well, you know. Like as much as I, I enjoyed the, the Otis stuff more than you did, it still was quite a weak show, really. Like you say, there, there was stuff there. It was okay, but did will I miss the show? Am I going to remember anything from it really all too much? No, not really. So, yeah, I think it'd be a two from me as well. So, over to NXT. 
to NXT. Right. So, firstly, let's talk about the card, Carl. So, we kick off the night. We see Velveteen Dream. Uh, so, Velveteen the- Dream, Anthony. We're going to talk about him. It's 20 minutes, Joe. Sorry. Just throw it back to the previous one. I mean, you can if you'd like. No, you know, I'm a nice guy, Carl. If you want to say something, <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Um, so we had Velveteen Dream going up against Kushida, uh, going up against Tommaso Ciampa. So we had a nice little triple threat match uh, with Kushida taking the win, uh, the right choice. But we'll talk about that a little bit more. We saw Jesse Kamea going up against Ember Moon. Sadly, we know how that was going to go. Ember Moon took the win. Nice little squash there. And we saw Austin Theory going up against Bronson Reed, with Bronson Reed taking the win. We saw Austin Theory going up against Bronson Reed with Bronson Reed taking the win. Uh, no, that wasn't a skip or a jump. That happened twice. Um, we saw Legado del Fantasma going up against Ashanti Adonis, Jake Atlas, and Isaiah Scott um, with the Legado del Fantasma taking the win. And some fun scenario. We saw uh, a fun little segment actually with uh, the Garganos um, practicing spinning the wheel to make their deal, which um, amused me more than I thought it would. So I need to give that a mention. We saw the tag team of Maverick and Dane going up against Everize again with, um, I suppose, no, yeah, it was fairly conclusive. Uh, Everize took the win, but through a DQ finish, but we'll talk about that some more. <clears throat> we saw Zia Lee going up against Casey Catanzaro in what I can only describe as a non-finish because I don't think they actually said what the result was. Um, but we'll talk about that some more. We saw Cameron Grimes cutting a promo. Yeah. We saw Tim Thatcher doing a segment that I've I've not seen this on here before, so maybe I'm missing something, but we saw Thatcher's Thatch Camp where he's teaching various submission moves. Um he had a, a lad with him called Andrew, who ultimately he was sort of being a bit too rough with the, the moves and they ended up having a match. So we saw Tim Thatcher going up against Andrew. Sorry, I don't know the rest of your name, with Tim Thatcher taking a win. And we close the night off with uh, the combination of Breezango and, uh, sorry, with the team of Breezango going up against Lorcan and Birch for the tag titles with Lorcan and Birch taking the win and becoming the new tag team champions. So that was the card. Nice little stacked card. So as far as highlights go, Carl, <coughs> first one I'll mention, and I, I sort of briefly touched on it before, they had a little, um, a little skit with um, Johnny Gargano. Uh, practice and spinning the wheel at home because obviously each week we have to visit the Garganos at their home for some reason but um, I dare say it I'm actually starting to enjoy the character that is Johnny Gargano because he's not like a bad guy heel because he can't really pull that off very well he's kind of like a, a comedic heel like he, um, he, him and Candice LeRae were, were taking turns spinning the wheel and she like got he, he spun it first and he got like a um, buried alive match and was like oh god the wheel hates me and so on and then she spun it and got like a street fight and she was like yeah I could really do some damage in a street fight and then he, he was like I'm having another go and got a casket match so it was um, I don't know it was it, it just tickled me the way it went like he, he the way his character is and the way he was sort of like I'm gonna die and stuff it was just yeah, I don't know I like the way they're putting him across he's still a bad guy but not like a proper serious one um, how you find the Gargano at the minute yeah, I, I wasn't very sold on him as a heel. Um, I, I started to like him all the way back to the fucking, where his TV got ruined, kind of those kind of yeah, vignettes, yeah. to be honest. I was a bit like, okay, this is quite funny. I think it's like in, in a similar vein, isn't it, where he is playing that kind of, as you said, he's not a menacing heel. He's not like a, you know, a, a dirty kind of cheating heel. He's just like a fucking, like a, 
bit of a dick, but like yeah, in a funny way. Should, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think he's he's playing it as well as he can. I think it's a different spin on on being a heel, isn't it? So yeah, I'm mm. I'm liking it. I'm I'm liking their their interactions as well um, with him and Candice. So um, so yeah, so all in all, pleasantly surprised with that one. Um, I again, I don't know how you feel about this next one, Carl, because I know you haven't been happy with it up to now. But um, again, I'm still enjoying Maverick and Dane. Um, this week we saw. Um, sort of Drake Maverick will sort of lose it on Everrise and grab a chair and just sort of attack both of them. And then he got the DQ and then was panicked because he thought Killian Dane was like going to be really pissed off. And then Killian was just like, that was awesome. Where's that guy? And, st- and it, I don't know. I just, I really like the way their friendship is building. And like Dane was more enamored with the aggressive Drake, even taking the loss. He was like, that was awesome. So um, I don't know. I'm still enjoying them as a tag team. and I, I like where it's going. I quite liked it, to be honest, this one. Um, I felt like it was... I don't know. It was just a better character development for both of them, I think. Yeah. Whereas previously, it's like with the tried and true, we've seen it a million times before. Like, oh, they don't get along. It was like, this is like something you could bond over was him just being a fucking psycho. So it was like, yeah. okay. Yeah, I like because it it's almost like they're going to meet in the middle, isn't it? Like where Drake's yeah. going to become a bit more aggressive and, and Dane's going to sort of soften to Drake a little bit. So it's not just going to be one of them playing the straight man all the time kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it, I think it's going to be... I, I'm, I'm looking forward to where they're going with it, which um, is surprising. Didn't think I'd be saying that. Uh, and my last highlight, Carl, is um, everything that happened with Lorcan and Birch. So we um, the original main events for the night was meant to be Breezango going against the Undisputed Era. Originally, it was going to be um, Strong and Fish. And then um, the fish was taken out mysteriously didn't see who attacked them but couldn't participate so we were going to get um o'reilly and uh, strong and then basically as the night went on they were uh sorry it was strong that was taken out and then we're left with o'reilly and he's like well i can't do the match i need to look after the guys so he went off to sort of see them um and it was sort of left with these these really nice guys of Lorcan and Birch going oh use one of us you know blah blah and he's like no you guys have the match and like oh if you insist but to me it's sort of quite clear that they were going to like they were going to be behind what's gone on. Um, so we get to the main events. We have a, a, an awesome match, tag team-wise. And then, surprisingly, we get uh, Pat McCaff running in at the end, which should have not... Like I've, I've never been a big fan of the whole celebrity involvement. There you go. But the fact that he was sort of involved, and it, it, to me, they've made it very clear without, without saying it, that um, Lorcan and Birch were, were behind it, the undisputed area and attacked along with obviously McCaff. Um, I don't know. We might be able to see a good heel turn coming out of the pair of them, and they're getting a run with the tag titles. So it's all looking quite good. So for me, I'm I'm confused about undisputed era. Are they are they good guys? Are they bad guys? What? I don't think anyone knows at the minute. Yeah, because like <laughs> for me, I, I like I was like, is this actually a heel turn? Because I imagine Pat McCaff will still be the face if he's back with the. Pat I don't McCall. know. You know, like because for me. It, if they're the faces, they're doing very healy things to get there. Mm. Like it's it's scumbag tactics, isn't it, to take them out mm. before getting to the match? So it, it feels like a natural heel turn and maybe a sympathetic face turn for undisputed era because they lost their opportunity. So when they yeah. do come back, they'll be the good guys. I don't know, but um, everything I'm watching of it feels very heel like. And uh, maybe Pat wants to have a go at being a heel. It is the fun role to play. Mm. Maybe so. The Oshites, Carl. Now, this one is something I, I want to quiz you on, right? Because I'm a bit puzzled by this. So, we, we opened with a triple threat, which had Velveteen Dream, uh, Kushida, and Tommaso Ciampa. And Dream still had a cast on his hand and was using it. Um, so, I'm like, is he, how is he in the match? Because can you clear them to wrestle while wearing a cast? I was a bit puzzled by that. I mean, you know, way way back when Cowboy Bob Orton used to uh, wear, wear a cast. So, <laughs> so we're a bit fast and loose with the rules. Maybe. 
Okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what, what the rules are and, and, and how come he's able to compete, but yeah, strange. Yeah. No, it just seems like, you, you know, you've, you've got a broken something, so... Uh... I don't know. Yeah. Are you are you able to be in the match? You basically come in with a with an authorized weapon. Then if they've allowed you to do the match, but hey, I'm not going to question their booking decisions. Okay. And again, I don't know how you feel about this one, Carl. I have to mention it. Uh, Undisputed Era cut a promo in the night about how they're going to win the tag gold and so on like that. And a large part of the promo was well, not large. A fair part of the promo was cut by Adam Cole, which isn't normally a problem, except for the fact they weren't physically there. They had an iPad with them. So we literally had him phoning it in, and I don't know how I feel about that. I'm like, why didn't I know he's probably the biggest talker of the group, but are we really that desperate for someone who can who can cut um, a good promo that you're gonna sort of Skype him or whatever just so he can do it on on camera? It just seemed a bit odd to me. We know he's injured; wouldn't have been a problem mm. if he weren't there, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I I wasn't a big fan of it. I get why they probably did it. It was like, oh well, we've got Pat McCaff coming back, and we want to make people obviously still remember Adam Cole and getting back in people's minds and stuff. But yeah, it felt a bit poorly done. But, uh, well, that's the thing, I suppose. I never considered the, um, it was the Cole McCaff thing, wasn't it? So it's probably why, mm. actually. Yeah. But um, the another one I've got, Carl, is I, I don't even know if I want this to be a, an O'Shea, but I do want to talk about it, is Austin Theory taking a fairly quick loss to Bronson Reed uh, and then cutting a promo right after the match, basically complaining. And um, demanding that Bronson Reed get back in the match so he can like like basically we're gonna fight till I win. It's like okay, weird way of looking at it. Um, so Bronson Reed obliged, got back in the ring and beat him again. So we saw two two consecutive losses for Austin Theory. So they're doing something with this. He's having a losing streak. The the commentating team are mentioning the losing streak. So I know they're trying to do it deliberately. But the first thing in my head was like, you've been losing for weeks now. Why you like why Bronson Reed? Why was that the big problem to you? You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know how I feel about the whole story with it. I don't really know how I feel about Austin Theory in general. Just like after his getting called up to Raw and then to come back down and just have all this like consistent losses and whining and stuff. I'm like, is this is this really beneficial? Is this good? <laughs> mm. Is it good for you, Austin? <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it, it might not necessarily be an old shite, old shite, but it was just a bit, I don't know. It feels a bit naff, but we'll see where they're going with it. Mm. Yeah. Um, Okay, I was a bit confused with the Cameron Grimes promo. Um, he sort of has a little interview backstage. He's talking to whoever the interview woman is about um, Tim. No, not Tim Thatcher, the other guy, Dexter Loomis. And um, she mentions the stipulation of the match is going to be like a Halloween horrors match or whatever the fuck his match is going to be for the, um, the pay-per-view. And um, Cameron Grimes is now scared of Dexter Loomis. And it's like, well, you've been like randomly attacking him the last few weeks. Like... I'd have, I don't understand the sudden change in him. Like you could see the sort of fear. He was trying to blag that he wasn't, but he was like really sort of freaked out and then walked away. And it's like, are you freaked out by the stipulation? Because surely you must have known who you were tangoing with anyway. Mm. Like, why did he scare you in that match? Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, obviously we know Dexter Loomis is a bit of a warped individual. So maybe he's thinking if he's got to go into some weird fucking funhouse kind of match or whatever the fuck it is with him. Yeah, then, uh, <laughs> that's the yeah, thing. They mentioned the match like we're meant to know what it is, but I don't know what that match is actually going to entail. So mm. we'll see. But um, I don't know. For me, I'd have, I'd have understood more if he naively remained arrogant because it's like, well, you you thought this guy's a monster and he's a, a psycho, and you thought you could beat him. So I don't don't get why that's changed. Just having a stipulation, you know. But yeah, it might just be me being a bit unfair on the show itself. I don't know. Um, and then, well, I say the last one. I'll I'll clarify the the Zia Lee match um, was I think a no finish and a little bit of an O shape because uh, we saw 
Raquel Gonzalez sort of rock up and just sort of decimate everyone, um, making a point to to Rhea because she's going to beat her. And it's like, okay, but they never, I never, I, I could be wrong on this, but I never saw anyone or heard anyone ring the bell. So I assume the match went to a no contest. I don't know. Um, and then lastly, the whole thing with Tim Thatcher. <laughs> so I don't know what the fuck that was. Like the, he ends up having a match with this lad to squash him basically, but they didn't even, even the commentating team were like, was his name Andrew? So it's like, what? You don't even know who he's fighting now. This is weird. And um, hmm. yeah, he was just he was showing submission moves for basically bullying the fella. And it's like, I feel like you want Tim Thatcher to be a thing, but you haven't got anything for him. So put him on TV with random stuff. Like I would I just much not... preferred Tim Thatcher versus Dexter Loomis than I would have Cameron Grimes. So what what are we doing this for? I I honestly don't get him at all. Uh, he's meant to have come into it as like this badass, like fucking shoot fighter or whatever and you know that all was fine and good with the whole Matt Riddle thing since then what's he done well that's the thing that, that's been his highlight of NXT is having that pit fight with uh, Matt Riddle and he's mm. had nothing really since No, nothing of note anyway like so that was um, NXT one other thing I do want to commend them for Carl and it's because I've been moaning about Raw and Smackdown for it is the fact that um, they didn't ram it down our throats that we're getting Halloween Havoc and these are the matches and you need to see Damian Priest again and you need to see this again and you need to see that again the the sort of left it on the fact that we knew these matches were happening for the most and just carried on with some further development. I, I enjoyed that more than, well, let's have another promo because I've mm. moaned about uh, Damien's promos before now. So I was just glad that they didn't sort of hammer all that kind of stuff home because they know the pay-per-view is coming. Yeah, no, that's fair. So for me, I'll probably give this a two as well, in all fairness. Okay. I think it was, I actually think the first time in a while it was the same as Raw quality-wise rather than being better than. But Raw's upped its game and this hasn't been as good but it's still been good so yeah I think a two is fair see I, I actually think it was worse <laughs> um, than Raw I've, I'm going to give it a 1.5 I think okay. like some of the stuff we mentioned like the Gargano stuff and, and things like that was was all good and I did think that the Drake Maverick thing was was better like this week but at the same time like the Austin Theory stuff with, with Bronson Reed and Tim Thatcher stuff and it's just I just I just look at look at the show and I'm just like I really just don't give a fuck about most of these people. <laughs> I, I I was happy to see Ember Moon back, for example. Like you know, so the 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 way the way decent stuff, but yeah, it was just I don't know. I'm not I'm not digging it, unfortunately. No, I get that. Right. Well, that was NXT, Carl. It was. It was. And as I always say, Anthony, over to the Superior Wednesday Night Show. You do say that. Um, and it was the one year anniversary of Dynamite. Hasn't that flown? Um. A whole year of Dynamite Anthony. Madness. And to celebrate, we had quite the stacked card. Um, so we had a series of AW title eliminator matches. So we had Wardlow taking on Jungle Boy with Wardlow picking up the win, which I wasn't actually expecting. So I was quite impressed by that, to be fair. Um, we had Sonny Kiss, who was a replacement for Joey Janela, who unfortunately was in contact with people um, at an indie show who had contracted coronavirus. So Let's stress, he he's just... made it clear that he hasn't had coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he was kind of self-isolating to be safe. Um, so they replaced him with Sonny Kiss. Um, and so it was Sonny Kiss versus Kenny Omega, with Omega picking up the wind in spectacularly quick fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a fucking amazing match, which was Penta L Zero taking on Ray Phoenix, brother versus brother. And Ray Phoenix picked up the win um, in what was an excellent match. We had Hangman Page taking on Colt Cabana with Hangman picking up the win. So those are the four guys who 
um, progress into the next round of the title eliminator. We also got to see La Dibba La Dibba La Dibba La Dinna Dibba now, um, which we will talk quite a bit yes, about. I we imagine. will. Um, we got to see Britt Baker return to action, taking on uh, K- Kylan, Kylan King, Kylan King. Yeah, we'll Kylan go with King. that. Um, we got a four-way tag team number one contender match um, of who will go up against FTR um, in the main event, and that was uh, Butcher and Blade taking on Private Party taking on Reynolds and Silver of the Dark Order, taking on the Young Bucks, and no fucking surprise, the Young Bucks ended up getting the win. So we are going to end up seeing Young Bucks take on FTR at some point. Yes, we are. So that, Anthony, was the show. And it's most, pretty much all highlights for me, to be fair. But let's let's get into it. Okay. Um, Feel free if you have any differing opinions. So, um, kicked off the the night with Wardlow um, taking on Jungle Boy. And I just thought Wardlow just again just showed like his full potential in this one he just looked like a monster not a freak not a shitty Lars Sullivan like a monster um you know Jungle Boy is fantastic and every match we see him in you know he's quality and he's caused so many upsets against so many people and you know Jungle Boy is definitely going to be the future um Mm. but yeah Wardlow in this one was just too much for him and you know it shocked me really because I just thought oh Jungle Boy Jungle Boy go over um, because they're not really taking Wardlow seriously but I don't know, this kind of, to me, kind of solidified him, him as like a potential winner of the whole tournament even because yeah. it was just that impressive from him. And a solid opening to the show, I would say. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And like you say, I think um, it was a nice little subvert of expectation because you, you think um, the prominence Jungle Boys had that he was going to be the one going over. But um, no, nice bit of respect to the big guy. And um, I think... Like as much as we're fanboys, we've always acknowledged that um, AEW are lacking in the in the big guy sort of category. So um, yeah, fair on them for for sort of pushing them. Yeah, definitely. Um, we were also lucky enough to get two really really good promos um, from Moxley and Eddie Kingston. So Moxley's promo was excellent. Um, he basically was sat there saying that he's not going to apologise for what he's achieved. Um, you know. We know the history between Moxley and Kingston. They've kind of come up together through the hardcore scene and so on, like the backyard scene. Um, and yeah, he's basically Moxley's his stance on it is you know he was proud to share the ring with with who he considered a friend and in, in, in a business where you know you don't have friends. Um, but he's just embarrassed now by by the aftermath of, of that. Um, you know, oh, we didn't tap and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? He was making he was making blow snot bubbles and. He's either going to torture him until he gets his friend back or until he ends him all together. So, strong promo from Mox. Yeah. Potentially even stronger from Kingston. So, his retort, you know, he was speaking of entertainers and old bosses. So, a couple of WWE swipes. But, um, <laughs> you know, he was basically saying that, yeah, you know, Kingston had, you know, he has become bitter. He has become angry, a snake, a liar. You know, it's got to the point where he can't even look at himself in the mirror anymore. He hates who he's become. But it's because the ends justify the means. You know, when he wasn't playing the game, he got nothing. And now here he is with a title match. Um, and it's going to be an I quit match. And he's never quitting nothing in his life. So Moxie's going to have to go to a deep, deep, dark place. And you know what? Kingston lives in that place. So it was like, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> so No, it, it, they know. both did a really good job of building hype for this match, to be fair. I yeah. Couldn't like, agree more. Kingston's been, you know cutting some really, really good promos and Moxley's has really stepped his game up as well. So, you know, it's very, very entertaining from these two. And I am looking forward to, you know, the match they had um, was really good to be fair. But I think 
with this being an I quit match and kind of going a little bit more to the hardcore roots, I think we're going to, you know, going to be in for a good one. Damn right. Um, so Kenny Omega taking on Sonny Kiss. Fucking hell. Omega killed him. He fucking yes, he killed him. Um, also, he got this like really epic entrance. So it was like kind of harping back to this cleaner gimmick, which I know we've spoken about a little bit in the past, haven't we? Yeah. Now, for me, I, I can't deny the, the entrance was... It was a spectacle, you know, the, the, the build-up, the music and everything was really good. The way he entered was really good. The main thing I didn't like was I'm not, I don't get the whole cleaner thing, right? Mm. And he didn't do it, which is good, but he had these two women just stood there sweeping. And I'm like, I don't know, I, like that mm. seemed a bit goofy and a bit stupid. Like, but if you ignore that, that side of the, <laughs> the entrance ramp where they stood there sweeping away, um, and you just look at the, his entrance. Yeah, it was good. And I, I, by the way, the match was was exactly what it should have been. Uh, no offense to Sonny, but this is how it needed to be to to push Omega as the as the superstar he is um, and a threat going forward. But yeah, I just weren't overly keen on the whole the nod to the cleaner thing. But again, I don't I don't get the cleaner thing anyway. So maybe that's why. I think maybe he's called the cleaner because he fucking cleaned his fucking clock. I tell you, he kneed him in the face and hit the fucking one wing angel, whatever the fuck he calls it, and mm. got the got the pin straight away. I don't know what it was. Maybe they just had access to the to the cheerleaders this week because in the <laughs> in the, in the dance segments, you know, we got to see a lot of um, dancers there as well who they weren't that good at dancing, so I can assume they were cheerleaders. Um, right. So maybe it was just something like that. They just they were just there, so they were like, "Well, we'll use some in Kenny's entrance or something." But yeah, um, maybe. Yeah, I don't really know much about it either because you know I've seen one or two of his things in Japan. To be honest, Omega is probably one of the only people I've ever watched uh, like the Japan scene for, and I've only ever seen a couple of his matches. So yeah, I, don't I mean, really know too from much what about I've seen it, of it, and this is the bit I don't get. Like I understand if like he's got a nickname of the cleaner because like like you say he cleaned his clock, but mm. it, it was like the bit you see in New Japan, and again I've not seen a lot myself. Is like he's coming down the ring sweeping it or sweeping mm. the ramp, and I just don't get it. I don't get why that's a thing, but no, people get really hyped on it and they want the cleaner gimmick back. <laughs> so whatever's yeah, <laughs> whatever if it makes them happy. Um, speaking of fucking being made happy, Anthony, my God. Phoenix Penta, what a match. Phenomenal. Great, great fucking lucha strong, epic match. Like, this, I don't know whether this is too high a praise, but I'm going to say it anyway because I, I wrote this down in my notes I, not long after I watched the match and I was just like, I was really high on it. But for me, it was like a Mexican version of Owen versus Brett. It's two real life brothers fucking going after each other, absolutely killing it. You had the whole dynamic of like the older brother, the younger brother. Yeah. Um, you know, there were so many well-worked spots in there. Um, I just thought it was great. And I liked the bit where, like, towards the end where, you know, Penta was there feeling a little bit of remorse for, for his, his brother-like. And he's like, oh, really air to me, but I'm going to have to try and pick, you know, uh, get him anyway. And then it ends up costing him in the end and, and Phoenix ends up getting the win. So um, I just thought I, it was um, great. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I think this really helped um, cement Phoenix for me because I didn't really, mm. haven't seen a lot of him or, or thought much of him. No offence to him, like, but um, this was a really good match and it really showcased what he's all about. I mean, it was good for both of them, but obviously we've seen Phoenix um, since the debut, I think, um, mm. of Dynamite, that is. Uh, and yeah, for me, this just did nothing but, but good things for the pair of them, but it really, really sort of sold me on who he is as a, as a wrestler. The only kind of sour sourness from it is uh, it looks like he picked up an injury. So yeah, it I've looks like that, it's actually going to be Penta who goes through. 
Right, okay. You've heard more than I have been because I, I was under the impression um, it was potentially not as serious as they thought. Yeah, I think they've um, I think they've they've ended up swapping them out. Um, ah, so right. I think I think Penta goes through by by default. But right. um, I'm sure it'll still be an excellent match. I think it's uh, it'll be Penta Omega. I think will be the next match. I mean, that's um, I that's gonna be, be Hangman. And, yeah, it's gonna be what I'm watching it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the final one was Hangman Cabana, um, which is fine to be honest. It it doesn't deserve a no shite but it does it wasn't much of a highlight either it was just it was a match and it happened as yeah. as we've said um so yeah it makes a bit of sense i'm not i'm not that i've nothing really against cabana but i'm not that big on him either no and I, I i feel like he's a bit lost now because obviously he got recruited by the dark order to help him win and then he's not really winning much now and he's kind of fell out of brody but he's still part of the dark order so it's like yeah okay like i don't get it but yeah um, a little bit directionless isn't it yeah, so yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see um, Hangman take on Wardlow. I mean, we've got to we've got to imagine all this is leading quite predictably to Omega Hangman, right? So you know, I feel like if, if there's one negative about it, the way the, the tournament bracket was set up and stuff, it feels like that's where it's quite obviously heading. But who knows if they're going to pull a swerve or something? But um, mm. you know, I'm I'm interested. Shall we say? Yeah, I think it'll piss a lot of people off. To be honest, if that isn't the result you get, that has got to be them two, hasn't it? That we've been building to it for that long. Yeah, definitely. Um, to be honest, that is one of the small gripes I've got with AEW, though, is that um, they do kind of they make it a bit too obvious sometimes, like on on, on how they're going to get to the end point. It's like with the yeah, with, I with take the, your point. The, like the young books uh, having to take like part in this fatal four way thing. Like, why not just go? Well, yeah, it's, it's definitely the books, or you know, yeah, because something... like we we know it's going to be the books. They know it's going to be yeah. the books. So so yeah. it's not really that much of a surprise. So I don't know. I feel like it, they kind of do a big long draw out where yeah. Mm. Your point <clears throat> on that. Yeah. So Anthony, it's that time. <laughs> the time has come to talk about this. So Ladina Debonair. Let's just say I didn't fucking expect that. Um, no. <laughs> Do you know what? Like everything around it, I expected. If you know what I mean, like in a lot of senses, like they had the stake, and I couldn't have predicted it. But you know, stuff that you expect from Jericho and, and MJF, where they were competing over how rare the stake was. Um, and then after the madness ensues, they go back to it and they get the stakes and it's like, I can't eat this. Those bits tickled me and were pretty much what I would expect. That was the, the norm of, of this whole thing. But you could just never could have seen that coming. And I, I, I'm still really torn on, on how I feel about it. Like, hmm. what 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 the fuck? What, what was that? Yeah, I I had no like inclination, no any anything would not have prepared me for where where it actually went. Um and I think to your point, I think I was I was just flabbergasted, I think, at first, just just watching it unfold, just thinking, holy shit, what like what what, what is this? <laughs> um and but yeah, I think if 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 you look at it, I, like as like I, I enjoyed it as it was happening. I think I was just in disbelief of why the fuck why are they dancing? Why are they <laughs> why are they singing? What's 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 going on? Yeah. Um was like my initial kind of thought. But at the same time, I was I was entered I was sports entertained, maybe without the sports. Um I was I was entertained at least. But the only thing yeah, I will I think, say, and I think it might be a comment that Tony Khan regrets now, because you can't deny he said it. But um everyone loves to jump on like when you're hating AEW, they love to jump on this real sports feel that, that Tony Khan proclaimed AEW is gonna have. Um and in some ways, it does have that when it comes to the actual match. But yeah. um, I think it's one of the things he probably wishes he never said now because this sort of stuff is is very much the entertainment side. You can't deny that. You know what I mean? Oh God! Yeah. Um, and the it, dynamite as a whole wouldn't it wouldn't be successful if it was just purely a sports feel. 
mm. let's be honest. But um, I just need to mention that because a lot of people jump on that. Yeah, like they'll they'll show um, this and be like, "Oh, that real sports field Tony Khan's going for." And it's like, I'm sure he weren't referring specifically to the whole show. I think he might might have meant the actual quality of the matches. But here we are. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think early on in like the press rallies and stuff, and and like as they were hyping it up before the launch, they were saying this was going to be taking it back to what wrestling should be, all all that kind of stuff. And I think people just completely read it the wrong way. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Like, th- th- there's no denying that it is a much more sports-based product but you know it's still professional wrestling at the end of the day and it's going to have that entertainment factor trouble is as well i think tony khan and this is no disrespect but i think he might have potentially during that point this is before it debuted before it was a thing might have been naive about what he was going to achieve because he he was new to the business as well Mm. like and he's relied on on legends to to get him there and it works i'm not knocking AEW. But, um, you know, a lot of the stuff he was saying that at that point was said through someone who was very green to the business anyway. So mm. even if, like, he never thought it was going to be like like Ladina Debonair, which I'm sure he fucking never saw coming, um, he, he's rolling with the punches and he, he's doing the stuff that is daring, creative, and, and most of the time it works. So yeah, well, I, mean, I know this one's been rather polarizing, but, you know, he's put his trust in Jericho a few times now, and Jericho's usually delivered. Well, do you know what? Do you know what's ironic about this, Anthony? Is apparently this was MJF's idea. Really? So apparently MJF was watching um, the Elton John film, uh, Rocket Man or whatever, right. and he was like, "Oh, I really want to do something like this." And he even pitched to Jericho them using an Elton John song. It was, it was obviously Jericho who was like, "No, we'll use the Sinatra fucking thing instead," mm. um, as as it'd be even more cringe. So like they knew what what they were doing. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't think they ever expected it to be like a a really. Yeah. You know <laughs> that little comment there. It'll be more cringe. Is like, yeah, that that's exactly what they were going for, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And like, because they I want mean, the if, pair of them to be rather sickly at that point, I think. Well, every every encounter they've had with each other, they've, they've it's been cringe, hasn't it? It's been like, mm. oh yeah, man, you know, yeah, you're great, man, yeah. And then like they're like, oh, you fucking idiot and stuff. So it kind of in in a weird way it made sense. It would build up towards them being like super cringe together in a massive way, only yeah. for them. To kind of get back to be like, oh, I'm sat here with you now. I'm mistaken, and what have I done? So, like that is them. But yeah, I, I definitely didn't expect this to yeah. be. It's such what, a what it's such a strange feeling to come out of though, because I, I've like most things like when they were doing the bubbly bunch during the COVID time and people were on lockdown and that, um, and I was coming out of those things like I fucking love that. That was brilliant. Mm. I haven't come out of this saying like that I love that because I'm still very conflicted about it. I'm like, mm. it was amusing. I think. It was so out of nowhere and so unexpected and so weird that, like, it did make me laugh. But I, I don't know if I loved it. Like, yeah, I still don't know. You know, it's it's very, uh, yeah. I just I still don't know. I'll I'll completely agree with that. I think when we we had all the stuff with the bubbly bunch and and things like that, there were things that we would be like, this is so funny and like I love this so much. Whereas this, I was like, that was so mental. But yeah. yeah, I wouldn't say I loved it. But the thing, at the same time, it's hard to be firm on it and go, "That was amazing. I love that." Mm. Um, yeah, I just yeah. So I'm I'm firmly staying on the fence. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I mean, I think I don't think I'm on the fence. Like, I'll 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 go to bat and say that I enjoyed it and I liked it. But I think the stuff you just said then around like some of the things we've had from AW in the past, you, where you come away from it, like them those fucking promos between Jericho and Cody, where he mimicked it and stuff. Yeah. Like well, look I, at that 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 whole video where like he was the, yeah. he was the youngest ever AW champ, and then they had a, a like a little word from um, Hager who wasn't talking at the time, so it was just exactly. the camera. 
Um, exactly. Just loads so, of mad stuff like that. And that whole video, that whole, I'd watch that again now and still crease up with it. So like that, absolutely. that was definitely one of my highlights for some of the stuff Jericho has done with AEW. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, hitting the nail on the head there, that's something I'd go back and watch. And, you know, even some of the crazy stuff like the stadium stampede, I'd go back and watch it, you know, maybe not so much the, the mimosa match, but that was crazy. But yeah. that wasn't bad either. Whereas this, I probably wouldn't go back and watch it. But at the same time, you know, as much as I was like, what the fuck is this? I was entertained. So, yeah, you know, I think it, it, is, it is what it is. Definitely not one of the standout best things they've done, but it was something completely fucking different that I wasn't expecting. And I, I did, it got a chuckle out of me. So what more yeah. can you want? Well, that's it. What more can you want? So, um, yeah, we'll give it a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just batch. It was just batch. I don't know to segue yeah. away from this. It gets a thumb up, thumbs up anyway. Um, so the next one is I've just got it's great to see Britt Baker back um, yep. you know this match was completely all about her and even though it wasn't like a squash or anything to that you know effect it you know there was no intention that she would ever lose or anything like that but it's just really good to have her back I think she's uh, she's been killing it from a character perspective and, and yeah. stuff while she's been I, injured I love that so. she's been putting that work in while she's been injured as well so she's keeping herself sort of in the focus and doing mm. bits where she could like because she had that match I don't think she was actually cleared at the time was she but she had that match like in the dentist office that was cinematic <laughs> tooth um, and nail match yeah, yeah that was it thank you the tooth and nail match so like she's been she's been involved wherever she could and I think you know credit to her for that yeah definitely um, so yeah I'm really really happy she's back and if you look and back then... actually she's she's really developed as a character since since joined AEW so well apparently she, she'd been working quite a bit with Jericho because I think um like the whole conspiracy theory stuff, that was one of Jericho's really early characters, and he was kind of helping her kind of bring like makes bring a bit that of sense. It make, make, sorry, makes a bit of sense that because um, I'd heard what was it? There was like when she was calling herself the role model, I think it was. I, I want I could be wrong, but in terms of nickname, um, there was a bit of debate over the fact that obviously Bailey was the role model as well at that point, and um, it was one of them where I think the comment was that that was actually from Jericho, like mm. and a nickname that Jericho himself used to have. And it was almost, you know, permissively given to her. I, I, it might be that I could be wrong on it being the role model, but I remember a sort of tale to that effect. So it makes a bit of sense. They've been working together, like. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then the main event was a bit touch and go for me. Um, it almost became a no shite, to be perfectly honest. I think mm. we knew we knew the young bucks were going to win, um, but it was just, it was just the whole kind of and like the mat the match wasn't bad at all. It was fine. Um, but I think it was more like the post-match stuff, like shenanigans again. Like, why why the fuck would Tully have to dress up to, to, to do an attack and stuff? You know what I mean? It's mm. like, that's just stupid. It just doesn't need to happen. Um, yeah. I think if you spent less time thinking about controversial ways to, you know, make outcomes happen and, like, shenanigans and stuff and just, you know, just deliver the match that we want, which is FTR, books, get rid of all this, like, oh, well, it's going to be... A contenders match and all this got like everyone knows that, that like that is the match everyone wants it who's the best tag team like this whole fucking well we're going to super kick people so like the young bucks have just been shit the last few weeks honestly they have um i don't get it the whole super kick part i'm going to super kick everybody it's fucking stupid like i'm going to pay our fine like you meant to be the fucking you're not lance archer you're the fucking executive vice presidents why are you going around super kicking your own cam- fucking cameraman like, it just doesn't work do you know what i mean so I've been massively like unimpressed with the Young Bucks over the last few weeks. I feel like FTR Bucks is the match to make, and we've got there. But just what a load of shit to have to go through to get there. Like mm. I just want like this match should have just been 
do you know what? We're, we're the Bucks. We've been the best tag team across all the fucking, you know, all these in, in the independent scene and stuff like that. You know, you guys went to WWE and you think you're the best tag team there. Like, let's settle it. Who's the best tag team once and for all? That itself is enough to build a feud. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like they've... I mean, it's probably one thing that they seem to be consistently guilty of, and it's not just, like, because most of the time you say this about Cody, but I, like they say there's probably just a bit of overproduction um, with a few people in AEW, mm. really. Um, and hopefully they, they sort of learn from it and calm down on it eventually. People seem to, like, they very quickly forget when they're given criticism that, like, it's a year old. It's a year old. Mm. Like, it's one of the youngest promotions. Mm. And and it's got such a high profile. Like, is it, like, I, can you think of any other sort of like network televised wrestling show that's this young? So, um, yeah. Sorry, I went on a slightly different rant there, but like, <laughs> yeah, I think they are guilty of a few bits where it's like just just because I I moan about WWE all the time for shenanigans, shenanigans, mm. shenanigans. Um, and they do try and do it differently. It's not the same shenanigans as WWE. Where it's like right disqualification, someone interrupted. There you go. Um, but even so, it. Like you say, it, it, I wouldn't have missed the whole Tully stuff. No, it just it didn't need to happen, did it? Like, no. ju- just have them go out there, prove to the best tag team, and then have a you know best versus best match. That's all you need. Not like like why like why why the fuck is Tully involved in this? Just exactly. Just leave it to the two teams. Just doesn't yeah, yeah it doesn't need to happen. And like the whole stupid shit with the fucking super kicks and the fine and stuff. I hope that fucking stops now as well. But yeah, I, I don't know. I you know, if you watch it on being the elite, um, I know. Being the elite doesn't have the same following as as people watching Dynamite regularly, but um, I started watching it on YouTube, um, and it does tickle me because I can't remember which one of the uh, which one of the books now, but one of the, one of them skints because of it, and he had to lend money off his brother, and it's just stuff like that, the, like the the little skits they do in the background do tickle me. Yeah, mm, yeah, I don't know. I, I I think you know it definitely wasn't bad enough to be a no shite, but it, you know just based on like the whole shenanigans and like the whole kind of pointlessness of it all almost it, you know it very nearly made its way in but you know not the best main event but it did it got to where we needed to be which is Bucks versus FTR so I am yeah. excited for that yeah and then the only oh shite I've really got and again this is just like a small one really is the weird Darby Allen thing they did this week so Darby Allen hangs out with Steve-O and it's like okay Steve-O used to be in Jackass cool so then Steve was like, oh, so I'm here with Darby Allen, and before his TNT title match, he's gonna he's gonna do a drop in, in, in into the skate ramp inside a body bag. And it's like, why? It's not Jackass. Jackass hasn't been on our TV now an hour long. What what's the point in this? If if you if you had a TNT title like contender match, why would you risk fucking yourself up down a fucking ramp for no reason? Hey, this could... is um to be honest, this is some of the complaints I've got about him and Joey Janela, and that's the fact that they're willing to, and usually this is in their own time, it's the first time I've seen AEW televised something stupid that Darby's done, um, but in their own time, they'll do really risky things, it's like, well, you know, if you badly injure yourself, that, that's your pay, your regular paycheck fucked, so why are you doing mm. this? Because Janela does like, almost like backyard fucking matches, where you mm. like, like really, like that you need to be careful kind of stuff, um, and we saw Darby do like, the world's sort of largest coffin drop and the coffin drops quite a, a risky move anyway. You're mm. purely relying on the other guy. Um, it's a weird, weird bump to take in some senses. Um, but like he, he's done that off like ridiculous heights and it's like, what, like why? Why risk your paycheck? It's, it, I don't get it. I know they're adrenaline junkies or whatever, but mm. I don't know. 
Um, so yeah, I, I get why that's an old shite, and I think um, like we didn't need it, and it doesn't make sense for for Darby as a character, does it really? No, it, it just it didn't add anything to the show. It didn't achieve anything. I feel like it was just oh well, we can we can get Steve-O on the show. He's he's happy to come on the show. All right, well yeah, what kind of segment could we put him in? Yeah, just do something with Darby. He, he skateboards and stuff. okay, cool. Like yeah. and it just went from there, and it was just like it's fucking stupid. Like I'd be so pit, like pissed off. Like <laughs> you, you've got a TNT title opportunity, and you're there hanging around with Steve-O, getting inside a fucking body bag and dropping in off a fucking skate ramp. Yeah. Sounds stupid. Um, but yeah, so all that aside, I realised I've ended on quite a few negative notes there. <laughs> all all in all, the show itself, I, I thought it was fucking phenomenal. Um, I really, really did enjoy it. It all made sense. The title eliminators and stuff. I'm, I, I love a tournament bracket. So all over that. Um, the Dibba Debonair, fuck, I, why do I can't say it? The Dinner Debonair, um, as weird as it was, still entertaining, I thought. Britt Baker's back. Um, so, yeah, uh, all in all, I thought it was a really, really good show. So I'm going to give it a four out of five. I thought it was a really good, um, you know, one-year special. And it's mad that it's been a year already, considering and what a crazy year they've had as well with the fucking pandemic and everything. But mm. great show, the best show of the week, pretty much consistently every week for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, for me, I'm I'm going to give it a three and a half because I think um, I wasn't as enamoured with the Dinner Debonair and I'm not knocking it, but I also wasn't as enamoured with Omega. So there's mm. a couple of little bits that I'm not as favourable on. Like, Not that I'm knocking the show at all, but um, for me, it'd be a three and a half. It's still a high rating, but not um, not quite a four. Yeah, that's fair. Cool. So let's talk about SmackDown, shall we, Carl? Lay it and the smack us down. Anthony, we've we've right. got Hell in a Cell coming up, so I'm not going to try and harp on about much of this too long. Um, mm. So we'll quickly go through the card. We um, we opened the night with the Kevin Owens show, uh, featuring Daniel Bryan. Um, bit of back and forth about, uh, well, title matches, but almost hint at them two being a tag team, but we'll get into that. Um, we then sort of end up, due to the shenanigans within the KO show, with uh, the Street Profits, Bryans and Owens, going up against Ziggler, Rude, Cesaro and Shinsuke, with... The Street Profits, Brian and Owens getting the win. We then cut to a segment of Law and Otis, mm-hmm. in which uh, Otis tries to uh, defend himself in what turned out to be not a real court. But obviously it wasn't going to be, but not even an attempt at a real court. But we'll talk about that too. <laughs> we then have a match between Bianca Belair and Zelina Vega, with Bianca Belair taking the win. We saw Gable going up against Lars with... Um, Gable taking the win, and no, sorry, not Gable, with Lars taking the win, and um, well, I need to moan about that a little bit too. But yeah, you'll know I'm calling him Gable again, Carl. Uh, yes, not shorted you. <laughs> yeah, we had um, some Bailey and Sasha contract stuff. Need to moan about that too. Uh, <laughs> we then had uh, Seth Rollins going up against Buddy Murphy with Seth Rollins taking the win and further Mysterio stuff, and we closed the night out on a Roman Reigns promo. So that's the card. Very quickly. Mm-hmm. As far as highlights go, Carl, um, none, not a one. <laughs> what they've done is they've took the 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 worst of Raw and traded it for the best of SmackDown. So now I've got the worst of everything, and you've got the the best of everything. That's how I look at it. Mm. So thanks, <laughs> Carl. Uh, so I I genuinely didn't have any highlights for this week. Nothing that merited going. Oh, that was good. Um, so. I, you know, you might get to the rating and it wasn't like a naught or a, or a half a point or whatever. It's not going to be much, but it's just the fact that even the stuff that was okay wasn't good. You know what I mean? So let's do the O'Shite, shall we? <sighs> right. So I never thought I'd be behind the Street Profits, right? But we opened the night with this um, massive tag match. And I realized that like 
well, you've really got no tag teams left. Like the only actual tag team was the Street Profits. Like mm-hmm. you could maybe argue Ziggler and Rude and Cesaro and Shinsuke, but they've all just been slapped together too. And then we're slapping together um, Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens now with a penalty as well. It, it felt a lot like the, the women's tag match we had on Raw. Yeah. Let's just throw people together. Fuck it. The only legit tag team we had was the Street Profits. And I never thought I'd be behind them as uh, champs, but like looking at your opponents, yeah, stay the champs. Fuck it. They've got a real problem with creating tag teams, basically. Yeah. They just. They just can't do it, or they're just not invested in doing it for some reason. But There's a um, weird belief with WWE that when you're in a tag team, you can't do anything else. So their only solution when they want someone to have a solo run is to split up from that tag team. They, they, for some mm. reason, they can't leave them in the tag team and let them do their own thing. I don't know yeah. why that is, but they just can't. No. Really weird. I think the, the stuff with, uh, with Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan, I really hope it's not going towards them being a tag team, but actually them having a feud. Um, I would be so bought in and excited to see them in a feud rather yeah, than being was, a tag team. I was a bit perplexed where they were going with it because it seemed Kevin Owens was hinting at a tag team because he was referring to the, the you know that's something he's never gained mm. title wise. But it looked like and he never got the chance to fully articulate himself. But it looked like Daniel Bryan was kind of like I think you misunderstand me kind of thing. So I do think they mm. are probably heading towards some sort of feud between the two. But yeah, it was all very early doors and all very interrupted very quickly. So. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really, uh, really weird the way he, he was trying to make himself seem really out of touch. Now Daniel Bryan's well. he was like Fisby, and the Street Profits were like, and Kevin Owens was like, what? <laughs> you know what really made me laugh about that? You, you, you've brought it back to my mind that I, 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 it wasn't going to be on this, but I need to mention it. Is like, do you not think the Street Profits are quite out of touch? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm no expert on, on like what's cool, but they feel like they're doing what was cool in the 90s, not what's cool now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they, they feel, like, massively out of touch themselves, and then they're trying to sort of, like, look at Brian, like, what? But um, exactly. I think everyone involved in that just doesn't got a fucking clue, basically. No. So, I need to complain about Laura and Otis, Cal. Mm-hmm. So it turns out this was a, just a randomly slapped together court that was actually presided over by Judge fucking JBL with uh, Ron Simmons as the um, security or whatever there. Um, now, the reason I need to moan about this, like, I understand they were always going to have this, they were always going to have this day in court. And to be honest, as far as execution goes, they had a couple of skits. It didn't linger on forever. Um, ultimately, you know, Miz and Morrison were able to buy JBL because the, the new evidence was clearly money, um, which when you're, like, ridiculously rich anyway, I don't know how a briefcase full of money from the Miz is going to convince you, but there you go. But what really... The more I thought about it, the more I'm like, yeah. this was a perfect nod to like wrestlers' court, wasn't it? Yeah. And Undertaker is under contract with WWE. How is Undertaker not the judge for this? I don't, Why I do just we don't get think... one of the biggest pricks in the fucking locker room to be the fucking judge? I don't think. I mean, he was involved in wrestlers' court quite a bit, JBL, to be fair. I know, but, but he I was just... a notable prick and a bully. Like, there's no way you're getting Undertaker back to be in a wrestler's call segment with fucking Otis and Miz. There's just no way. But, um, that do you know what? Sold, gonna... that, that's the only thing that would have made it for me is if Undertaker was the judge. And it's like, <laughs> that is a real nod to how the locker room was back in the day. That would have tickled me. But other than this, I'd say, like, why, why are we, like, I'd as soon have had a judge that we didn't know at all then. I don't get why mm. I have to be JBL. It's like, I didn't, see, so I, what, I didn't what mind your court papers. This is a load of bollocks. What gives JBL the authority to insist mm. that he is have a match? Also, why was Miz happy with the results? Miz wanted to just take the, the, the briefcase. Why would he want to risk it in a match? Mm. None of it made yeah. sense to me. Stupid. It's fucking stupid. It's probably going to probably gonna like sound really weird. I didn't hate it, if I'm honest. I didn't hate it. Um, I, 
I'm a bit of a sucker for stuff like uh, like Ron Simmons, like damn stuff at the end. I'm a sucker for like <laughs> it, I, I, it actually tickled me that JBL was the. I thought um, Asuka was fucking hilarious. Him mm. as as a witness, <laughs> no one's got a fucking clue what she's saying. No, there, there so, were some some mm. bits, and it wasn't as um, as drawn out or as let's make fun of Otis for being dumb as I was expecting it to be. Mm. So it, it it did have its pluses. It was just. I feel like they they missed something for me, but you're a mark for nostalgia, so whatever. <laughs> uh, right. So let's talk about Lars, shall we, Carl? You mean the freak? The freak. Sorry, let's talk about the freak, shall we, Carl? So um, again, come out at a squash match against uh, Shorty G for some reason, and then Shorty G quits, and then um, is it Adam Pierce? Adam fucking Pierce. Yeah. Seeks to clarify Shorty G quitting, and he, no, he's not quit the WWE. He's quit being Shorty G, and I'm like. Has WWE forgot that he was he stopped being Shorty G like a few months back? Did they completely forget about that? Because didn't Corbin give him his name back and he turned heel and aligned with Corbin? Yeah, that did happen for a, a split second, didn't it? Like that for like a week. Mm. Uh, then he went back to being Shorty G. But no, he's quit being Shorty G now. He's gonna and do you know what? I'm I'm quietly hopeful for that. But at the same time, I'm looking at the show and going right. But you've just been squashed as you normally are. So let's see where they go with it. But mm. um, it's good that he gets to be Chad Gable again at least. And I'm not a fan of Lars, so fuck him. <laughs> I don't know if you have any notes on that, Carl, but there you go. I mean, you think you've articulated it uh, perfectly well, though, to be fair. Cool. All right, uh, my next one. I don't know whether you're going to agree with me on this, but we had uh, another bit with um, Banks and Bailey, and uh, basically Banks forced Bailey to sign the contract this time, but I'm just like, uh, they, they sort of delayed uh, signing the contract last week so that they could have a, essentially another contract signing this week. Um, I don't feel it's needed to be drawn. Like if they could have done this in one segment where she refused, and then Bailey, uh, Bailey, sorry, Banks put the same beating on her that she did this week and forced her to sign it. Like, why did it have to be drawn out over a couple of weeks? That's my issue with it more than. Anything. Oh, I agree. I'm I'm sick of seeing these fucking contract signings. Just as much as I'm sick of seeing these fucking talk shows. I'm honest. It's just... especially when like we had three Hell in a Cell matches on this pay per view, which we'll talk about, and I didn't see a contract signing for any of those. No. So <laughs> it's like exactly. So what? So. It just doesn't make any sense. There's no logic behind it, really. It's crazy. Um, so the other one, uh, sorry, I've got a few. <laughs> um, I don't think they're doing very good for Dominic already out of the gate. You know, he's had a, a good run since he started, but like he's, he's coming out, like he's coming across like a, just an entitled brat now. Mm. So Aaliyah comes out to save um, Buddy, and then Dominic follows out to protect Aaliyah, and then Ray comes out to protect Aaliyah because Dominic got his ass kicked. And then Dominic's sort of having a go at his dad going, she shouldn't even be out here. She shouldn't even be here. And it's like, well, none of your fucking family should have, Dominic, but you brought them all with you <laughs> since you debuted. <laughs> to be fair, Dominic, by that logic, you shouldn't be here either, either mate. You're only here yeah. because your dad's we forgetting, as well. Yeah. So. Are we forgetting you got involved in your dad's feud with Rollins? That's how you're here. She's doing the exact same fucking thing. But Definitely. I don't know, for me, I'm just like, why are you being a... Bra-? Like, he's having a go with his dad who's trying to sort of get Aaliyah to, to leave Buddy alone, which, mm. you know, that's Ray's concern right now. Aaliyah's trying to sleep with someone who's like twice her age. Like, mm. you know, maybe he's got more pressing concerns than you, Dominic. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just, I, I don't like what they're doing with the character of Dominic because they, they might be hinting towards, as you alluded to, a feud ultimately between him and Ray, but this just makes him look like a little brat. It's like, you you know, you come out, you've looked like a really good wrestler so far, and now you look like you're being a teenager. So I, I wasn't a big fan. Yeah. So I don't miss these fuckers from uh, Raw anyway. Though. Yeah, thank, thanks, thanks for the trade. Appreciate <laughs> that. So we have a promo, and I'll be honest, I'm still sold on Reigns as a heel. This is an O shape because it was the worst promo I've seen so far. 
And it wasn't because of Reigns, really. This was um, because of Mary-Kate and Ashley, who pulled the old switcheroo <laughs> on Reigns. And <laughs> so we had um, the one time, the one time that you see um, Jay Uso turn up on, on camera rather than in person. And guess what? It wasn't him. Like, ah, okay. So um, just the whole, like, the family, he's, he should be able to tell the difference better than the rest of us. Uh, admittedly, I was fooled. But at the same time, it's like, you kind of signposted it by the fact that we've never really had him only appear on the Titantron. Like he's always come and saw him face to face. So you straight away, you're like, well, something's going to happen then. Something's amiss here. Um, and yeah, it, it got where it needed to go. He attacked Reigns. He made his points. It made him look like he might stand a chance in the hell on the cell. But uh, yeah, it was just proper like Disney shenanigans, wasn't it? It didn't really, uh, it didn't really do the job to to hype this up for me, unfortunately. Yeah, and again, I'm not knocking Reigns. I think he's doing a really good job at the minute. This was probably just the weakest of the promos we've had so far. Yeah, and um, as a rating goes, Carl, that was SmackDown. Um, it was shit, and it gets a one from me because at least there was you know something. There was matches. It, there was wrestling on a wrestling show, so I'll give it a one. Yeah, I'm. I'm also going to give it a one. Um, I know I, I reacted a little bit more favorably to some of the bits, uh, but even even with that, it still only gets a one for me. It just wasn't very good all around. Agreed. Agreed. 